Introducing the two-way V4, where groundbreaking fuel cell technology meets fresh foam cushioning for the ultimate performance. With fuel cell, each step feels explosive, delivering unparalleled energy return. Paired with fresh foam, experience maximum comfort throughout the game. Its lightweight textile upper offers support and breathability without sacrificing agility. Whether you're hitting the clutch shot or locking down the opposition, the two-way V4 gives you the tools to play at a high level. Learn more and purchase the two-way for yourself at newbalance.com. Welcome to the Inside Carolina podcast. This is the post-game podcast, Tennessee edition. I'm your host, Tommy Ashley, who's sponsored by Johnny T-Shirt, johnnytshirt.com. With the postgame podcast, Carolina falls 89-72 to Tennessee to go to 0-2 on the weekend up in Connecticut. I bring in Dewey Burke, our resident expert. And Dewey, um, I want to start this one by getting your take on – because I think I know what I saw. I want to see what someone much more knowledgeable about the intricacies of college basketball saw. Carolina falling, including a brutal second half defensive-wise, giving up 50 points to Tennessee on ridiculous field goal shooting. What would you see? Not, not a good performance. Uh, I, I didn't, didn't like our energy early to start the game, and uh, it, it, it certainly didn't get better. Uh, I thought Tennessee's defense, their pressure, took us out of a lot of what we wanted to do and forced us to play one-on-one. That's evidenced by the fact that we only had nine assists uh, in the whole game to their 28. Um, I didn't think we took them out of anything they wanted to do. They played with pace. Uh, They got both their point guards involved in the flow. Uh, Chandler was orchestrating the entire second half, coming off ball screens, two-man game. And uh, they got pretty much every shot they wanted, and we hardly got any shots we wanted. yeah, just it was a was a poor performance. Pretty straightforward. But biggest thing I hated their energy to start the game. Yeah, and that's been an issue all season, and it's something, quite frankly, we've talked about um, with the football team at times, and it just happens in sports. But how do you coach that out of guys? And and where is that? I often say teams take on the personality of their coach. Um, this it's way too early to say that with this Carolina team, but how does Hubert Davis coach his guys out of just being, I don't want to say disinterested because it's not quite that, but it, like you said, just lack of energy, lack of effort. Um, especially going up against a team that against a team that had a lot of it coming back at them. Yeah. Lack of emotion too, energy and emotion. I mean, it is possible to play with energy and not be emotional. Um, but it's bad to have neither, I would say. Um, you know, I don't know Hubert as a head coach. So how he's going to try to uh, emphasize to these guys what it is to play against a Power 5 team. I mean, nobody's talking about Tennessee doing anything overly special this year. Uh, I know they're ranked, but I mean, nobody's considering them maybe a Final Four team or maybe they'll compete in the SEC, which is fine. But um so I don't know if we underestimated them or what, or they were, you know, still reeling off of uh, losing a big time game yesterday. 
but they competed so much harder yesterday uh, than they did today. Um, we talked last night, Ross and I, about I thought when we got the game tied or got uh, the lead by one there in the second half against Purdue that we um, got comfortable for a couple of possessions and then boom, 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 it was back to eight or ten. But I didn't think that was a lack of effort. I thought that was mental lapses. Um, today, I just I didn't feel like they tried as hard, um, which is is really hard to fathom. I'm sure Hubert's is going to be perplexed by that. The whole staff, um, they just didn't seem to have any uh, any push. Uh, and I didn't think Tennessee played that great in the first half. Yet you kept kept looking at the score, and they're up nine. I'm like, how are we down nine to these guys? Uh, and then the second half was was just awful. So um, it, it's still early, but um, yeah, I just didn't like how they took us out of our offense. We didn't get to run really anything we wanted. Uh, and like I said earlier, we played a ton of one-on-one and then defensively uh, we just showed no ability to, to take them out of anything they wanted to run. I mean, they just, I know I recognize Chandler's going to be an NBA player and, uh, but he's still a freshman. It's only his fourth college game or whatever. So um, we should have been able to try to get them out of stuff, but they got every shot they wanted, tons of stuff around the rim. And they had a ton of assists. They were moving the ball crisply, and we just didn't do any of that. Yeah, Ziegler had a big second half as well, five of six mm-hmm. on the field, three of four. That, that kid was fantastic. The one thing I watched is you, Carolina makes a run, Manic hits a few shots, and you think Carolina just needs to get a stop. And Tennessee went right back to their pocket pass inside, drive it, give it to a big man. Dewey, am I wrong in thinking that's going to be an issue all year? this team especially if Baycott's ever in foul trouble though he didn't do much to stop it tonight uh because I just don't think Manic and Garcia can guard bigs down there we don't we don't have rim protection we don't have that uh Ross and I talked about that last night you know Armando have four and five six block shots against mid-majors that doesn't equal rim protection I mean the the size of this team the size of Purdue is what we're going to see day in day out in the ACC and uh, that that is not something that we have on this roster. You lose a Dayron, you lose a Walker Kessler. Um, you know that looked more like rim protection, but we don't have that. These these are more finesse players. Uh, they're more offensive minded, and so uh, that means we've got to do a better job of keeping the ball out of the paint from the from the perimeter. Um, it's one thing, you know, Purdue had a really good post player last night. Uh, they kept throwing it into him, clearing it out. And he just, you know, that was almost like NBA, NBA one-on-one, right? They threw it into him and he kept scoring on the block again and again. And he was very skilled. This today was just pretty simple pick and roll. And we didn't do a good job hedging. We didn't double the ball. We didn't switch. So we got caught in the no man's land. That, that is the entire purpose of running the pick and roll offensively and uh, let a gifted guard with the ball, do whatever he wanted to your point, making pocket passes. And once a big, a power five, big catches the ball around five feet, I just don't, there's not a lot that we're going to be able to do about it. The defense has to be better earlier uh, in order to not let them get those easy shots around the rim. But I, I do think that will be a problem for us. Yeah. And while they can't change the roster as far as big guys inside, it is what it is. I agree with you that the, the on-ball defense, very lacking. I mean, Caleb yeah. Love is can defend. Mm-hmm. But today, it probably five or six times where he's chasing the guy, trying to get a block from behind, a guy making a layup. 
repeatedly in the half court set and, and that that's all effort and want to right yeah and energy they just didn't i you know i don't know if yesterday took a lot out of them i mean everybody's always going to say well they're 19 years old they should never be tired uh that that's not entirely fair because of the pace we play out i mean that was a a very high level game yesterday but they look they look tired today i mean they just they didn't seem to have any uh how else you say any energy that uh it was odd to me um I tend to watch guys' faces and facial expressions and how they interact with each other. And there wasn't any of them turning on each other or barking at each other, nothing like that. It was just, there was just not a lot there, period. Like they, there wasn't a ton of communication. There wasn't a ton going on when they went back to the huddle. Um, they just seemed tired to me. So they got to regroup and it's going to be interesting December because um, they've got some, some tough games coming up still. And, um, the good news is that it's early. It's not all doom and gloom, but nobody would have thought we were going up there to lose two games. And nobody would have thought we would go up there and get blown out by Tennessee, which on paper was the worst team there. Indeed. This uh, is sponsored by Johnny T-Shirt and JohnnyT-Shirt.com. Of course, your premium subscribers get that 10% off and take a chance to rate us, review us, and subscribe on all the platforms so you get this stuff straight from inside Carolina to your smartphone. Dewey, one thing I wanted to talk about, and I, and I – I think I know why, um, because the first three games were against teams that could play a little bit, but certainly not um, big time, especially ranked power five teams. I thought early in the season, especially against Charleston, Carolina was able to be productive in the half court. Um, and so that gave me a little bit of um, eye raise to say, wait a minute, this team struggled mightily in the half court for the past two seasons. Now they might have something going with it today. Just the half court offense was non-existent. And then you had a lot of the one-on-one -on -one, taking step back threes and doing that. That's another thing Hubert Davis has, has got on his shoulders to do that. Where can that improve? Well, there's, there's tape now, right? I mean, Tennessee had four games to watch and say, okay, this is what their tendencies are starting to be. This is how they get to the spots they want to be in. You know, Garcia likes to pick and pop and catch and shoot uh, so does Manic. Baycott likes the ball on the block, likes to face up or, or turn over his left shoulder for a jump hook or up and under and finish with the left. RJ Davis and Caleb like to come off screens or uh, shoot step back threes. Kerwin Walton, you must chase him off the line. Under no circumstance can you give him an open look. I mean, there's enough tape now. And so Tennessee watched tape and they obviously devised a game plan where they were just going to pressure us and deny every pass. And that was, that was passes to the wings, passes to the high post entry. We've been running that too big look where Huber puts two fingers up, you know, call it horns. And they were even denying that pass to the high post where we were running action off of that the first couple of games. So they just made the decision to deny everything as best they could. And it took us out of a lot of what we were doing. Um, and so we had possessions where our offense was starting at 28, 30 feet away and we've hardly made any passes, and now there's nine seconds on the shot clock. So I think what you saw there was we're getting scouted now, and uh, their pressure took us out of what we want to do. They have a good combination of, of really quick perimeter players that could pressure the ball and then length uh, on the wing and, and with their bigs that, that bothered our ability to make passes to start our action. Um, so we have to adapt. We, we've got to go uh, instead of being able to get that 
high post entry. You got to go set ball screens. You got to coach Williams always talk about never pass up a screening opportunity. Um, it's, it's a simple phrase, but the point is in your motion and if you're in your movement, you should almost never just run past the teammate. One of you guys should screen. You should make the eye contact and screen. And, and the reason you do that is, is because of another thing he used to always say, which is give the defense a chance to screw it up. So if you set a great screen, say you're Armando, you set a great screen for Kerwin and Kerwin's man gets a little bit behind. Now somebody's got to help off. Kerwin has the ball and he's got an advantage. So somebody needs to help that. Maybe that person came off of RJ and then maybe then weak side, somebody else is setting a screen. All those tiny mistakes the defense makes ultimately gives them a chance to screw it up, uh, which is something Coach Williams, as I said, would reference to us all the time. And I just don't think we did anything today to give them a chance to screw it up. Uh, we let them push us out uh, well past the three-point line, and we were left with RJ and Caleb trying to make something happen. And I understand that you know Brady made a couple of catch-and-shoot threes, but we can't live with our four- and five-man uh, having to shoot 10 threes and expect to survive. We've got to get stuff going downhill. We've got to figure out how to get to the free throw line more. Uh, so they'll work on it. You know, they, they'll be, there'll be a lot of tape to, to look at, but um, that's my long-winded answer to your question on why I don't think our half court offense was very good is there's tape out there now. And Tennessee took us out of what we wanted to do and we didn't adapt very well. Yeah. And that's, that's where it comes in that the coaching staff has to make adjustments, but, your point there about the screening um, is absolutely right because Tennessee was doing that every time, and it led to somebody getting a wide open layup or a and big cutting hard, cutting with a purpose. Right? Uh, Tennessee did that really well too. You heard Frank Fischel saying that. So nothing. I mean, I don't have anything else to go to other than to keep telling you things that Coach Williams would tell us, right? But he would another thought for day or an offensive emphasis for the day would be move and cut with a purpose. Like yep. don't just run to run. And, and Tennessee, they were doing stuff for Chandler. They were setting two screens on the elbows, and he was running across the foul, almost like the Sixers used to run for Allen Iverson, taking it way back, running him across the foul like this to catch and then sending a big O for a ball screen. But he was cutting hard across there. Um, the lefty kid, the shooter for them, I'm not going to try to pronounce his name, he, he was cutting with a purpose to get shots for three. Stefanovic last night for Purdue did the same thing, you know, really cutting hard with a purpose um and rubbing off screens and then the screens were set well so we've got we've got work to do on that and that's not hard stuff right that that takes it up here and uh and being a little bit more thoughtful about what you're doing on the offensive end yeah definitely correctable but i love that there should be no movement on a basketball court without a purpose uh, and you got to play with a purpose for 40 minutes if you don't you get beat by 17 points against tennessee team that I think will probably be middle of the road in SEC, maybe a little better than that. They've got some players. I mean, Rick Barnes can coach. And, and let's be honest, for whatever reason, Rick Barnes has had Carolina's number, period, whether he's at Tennessee or at Texas, um, and Carolina just couldn't get it done. Dewey, give me something positive from this one. We'll try to end on a positive note. 0-2 oh, for the weekend. Uh, you know, I thought there were positives in the Purdue game. Not sure I see too many in this one. Um, with the loss, but give me something you saw that's maybe positive Carolina fans are not looking at. Yeah, look, I mean, we've talked about this before. Life as a Carolina basketball player is, is pretty doggone good. I mean, it's, um, it's an amazing place to go to school. It's an amazing place to play basketball. And, 
you know, you have the whole summer where you're working and, and you're, you're getting better, you're getting stronger, you're playing pickup with the guys, you have a good preseason and, and you feel like, hey, we've got pieces, we've got these transfers, we've got a new coach, there's energy, there's all these good feelings around us. And then you go out and you realize that it's not going to be easy. It's just flat out not going to be easy. Nobody cares. Purdue doesn't care about our banners. Tennessee doesn't care about our banners. They don't care about Coach Williams, Coach Smith, our history. They don't care, right? They're the kids that say, I'm good enough to have been recruited by Carolina, and I didn't get that. So I'm here to punch you in the mouth. And so what I think the good thing that can come from this is, oh, yeah, everybody else is good too. And not just because we have this jersey and we're brand Jordan and we have all this stuff. And I'm not saying they think this way, um, but it was just it, it, it's a little bit inherent being at Carolina because it's so good. Life is so good um getting to wear that jersey uh you got to remember that nobody else cares that you're playing against in fact they're a little jealous that they didn't get the same opportunities you got and so they've got a little bit of a chip when they play against you and that there's only a few schools that can say that us and kansas and obviously duke and and ucla maybe now again um not many after that so i think we go back a little bit with our tail between our legs saying uh, you know what we're going to have to be better. We're going to have to work harder. We're going to have to be grittier. We're going to have to be tougher. And uh, and we'll see how they respond. Indeed. agree with all of that. Guys play with a chip against Carolina. Carolina better match it or they get in situations like they did this weekend. That's Dewey Burke. Appreciate it, Dewey. Thanks, Tommy. You've been listening to the Inside Carolina Post Game Podcast, Johnny T-Shirt and JohnnyT-Shirt.com. I've been your host, Tommy Ashley. We'll be back. I believe Carolina Tuesday night, UNC Asheville. We'll talk to you at that one. From producers Matt Damon and Ben Affleck, explore how art and music sustained hope during the siege of Sarajevo. Thanks in part to humanitarians and the band U2. Kiss the Future, new documentary now streaming exclusively on Paramount+. Plus. Go to Paramount Plus to try it free. Terms apply.